Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lactis Code LibroCubicalist. Today, my friends, is TV Tuesday. I did that all in one breath, and now I'm out of breath, so that's it for today. No, that is ridiculous. What is not ridiculous is that I say there will be spoilers. The unridiculousness comes in the fact that uh, there will be spoilers. So that's why I say that, and that's what makes it not ridiculous. Hmm, interesting. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> no, further ridiculousness. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helps podcasts grow larger. Not grow smaller, grow larger. That said, we'll take us into our last piece of podcast-related business which is today's sponsor, which is the Bergician Honey Bee Repellent. Once again, today's sponsor is Bergician Honey Bee Repellent. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. So very nice of you. This episode in which, speaking of nice, <laughs> nice segue... We're going to be talking about Pete Holmes and his return to the television on the Pete Holmes show was a bit of a break there. Uh, I think it's something, at least I noticed it with At Midnight, one of my favorite shows on the television, that uh, it seems that people, and when I say people, I mean television networks, will uh, get a handful of We'll order a handful of uh, shows, in this case, the Pete Home Show, in that case, At Midnight, and then they'll, they'll air a handful of them. I, I don't know. It depends what your definition of a handful is. A couple of weeks' worth of shows, and then that's sort of a test to see if people like it. And then when people do like it, they'll buy more, but then there's time in between the, the making of more and the original run, which uh, is what apparently, seemingly, happened to Pete Holmes' show. So, it's good to know that he was picked up for more episodes because this show, so funny. Just, I, I could stop talking about it right there. It's an incredibly funny show. Go watch it. Stop listening to this, which is barely funny at all. <laughs> and then uh, go watch that, which is consistently funny. Yeah. Uh, something else that they do, which I appreciate, although to be 100% Amish with you, they have toned it down a little bit since their original show airings, 
and that is posting posting uh, episodes on YouTube. Because, as I mentioned, whenever I bring back a late-night talk show to talk about on a TV Tuesday, I'm not actually up late at night to watch these. So uh, I need to be able to watch them elsewhere, like on the YouTubes, which uh, always seems to be in the form of clips. And there are less clips now that Pete Holmes' show is back, which is disappointing. One thing that is the opposite of disappointing, which I suppose is appointing, is the fact that uh, the Pete Holmes show is still winning, as far as I'm concerned, with how they organize their clips, and that is through, uh, I think they're called playlists. So, for example, you'll see February 24th, Pete Holmes show, you'll click on that, and then it will play all the clips that they have provided from that one day, at the click of a button. Whereas with Conan O'Brien and Jimmy Kimmel, and those are really the only two that I listen to. Oh, fuck, what's going on here? You have to sort of click on every single clip, which this is the sort of very definition of a first word problem. The amount of clicking I have to do to enjoy my television shows on YouTube. Oh, boy. Anyways, what we should do, and when I say we, I am, of course... Am of course, referring to the podcast we, is hop right in to the episode that aired on February 24th. Mm. Driving by an accident, though, fire truck, cops, looky-loos, looks like someone skidded off the road, basically. <laughs> One of my buddies, who's a uh, fireman, just saw, that's what happens when you live in a small town. Uh, I think I saw the two guys who were in the car, outside of the car. So, you know, there you go. No fatalities. Good, good, good. Anyways, there were lots of fatalities on the Pete Holmes show uh, of, of my funny bone. Just killed it. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, killed my funny bone. Good one. On February 24th, the first one, and uh, first one was titled Street Fighter Red Tape. Uh, very, very akin to his last groupings of shows where he was uh, Professor X and uh, firing the various X-Men for various reasons. Very, very cool. This one was with Ryu, and uh, the red tape involved, because the tournament, apparently the Street Fighter tournament, was going to be aired on TV, the FCC needed a written transcript of uh, the things that Ryu said, like, Harugan, things such as that. So he had to say what they were, how they were spelt. <laughs> uh, Hadouken, yeah, that's all well and good, but, uh, oh, fuck, I, I didn't even mention that, that Ryu was being played by Mark Paul Gossler, a.k.a., for someone my age, especially, a.k.a. Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Anyways, uh, when he does his spinning kick, I think it was spinning kick, just, uh, uh incomprehensible grouping of consonants come out of his mouth <laughs> and Mark Paul Gosler had to keep saying it over and over again and did a pretty friggin' awesome job I must say and Pete Holmes couldn't figure out what he was actually saying Not, neither can any human being but uh, he kept guessing at what it was and my favorite one was I'd like a fruit cup 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 yes good stuff Pete Holmes's monologues are different 
different and I love them. They're, they're not sort of, whoa, let's see what's in the news today. They're sort of crazy. Well, uh, see, again, I could just stop there. They're sort of crazy, period. Uh, like this one, for example, was about uh, lying and how it ain't what it used to be. It's the easy way out. And uh, he only uses lies maybe four or five times a year to get out of things. But uh, ever since the internet and Twitter and Facebook and Vine, uh, it's no longer easy to say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't come to uh, your your kid's bris. I, uh, I'm going to be out of town that, that, uh, that day. That sort of thing. Because then the friend will see, your friend will see you, I don't know, in the same town, uh, reviewing a restaurant on Yelp, something like that. Something akin to that. Which I don't think I've ever been caught in a lie for reasons of technological reasons. But uh, that seems kind of an L.A. thing, perhaps. Uh, there was a skit in which Pete Holmes was pitching movie ideas to Judd Aptow. <laughs> uh, all of his movies had to do with animals who were magicians, for the most part. Bear magician. Uh, bear magician, I mean. Frog magician. Various magicians. The 51-year-old virgin, virgin, I think. Some not very good ideas, needless to say. But I did say, because this is a late-night talk show, oh, Pete Holmes will interview people, as you do when it's late night, and you're talking on a show. Kind of an interesting thing, and I don't know if it's going to keep up. It seems almost that all of his interviews, rather than taking place in studio, like uh, a lot of them, in fact, I'd say most of them did in the first season, he's so, sort of going out and about interviewing people on their home turf. Now, is that less expensive, more expensive? You don't have to pay for a studio, I suppose, but you do have to pay to get all these cameramen and audio men all around and traveling and stuff. Probably have to pay them more, maybe. I don't know. But uh, one thing I think it probably does is puts the people who he is interviewing more at ease, I assume, because they're on their sort of own home turf. People at ease, such as Bodie Miller, who's pretty uh, pretty at ease to begin with, I think. He is a skier and sort of, I think, known for being kind of a little little hippie, little hippie-like, perhaps. They spoke a little of drugs, a little of uh, doing drugs with parents. Yeah, interesting. He seems, uh, Bodie Miller, that is, like a bit of a weird dude. Perhaps some of it had to do with one thing he mentioned, is that uh, his parents didn't sort of name him. He, once he reached a certain age, was allowed to name himself, or some crazy thing like that. I don't know. Odd duck, let's just say. Uh, Pete Holmes did a segment where he played a voicemail from his dad. This is something he did in the previous groupings of shows, uh, but now he thinks that his dad's uh, trying a little too hard, and you can kind of sense that he's trying to trying to get the laughs in, whereas before it was the laughs were coming naturally, so... Meh. Meh. All right, so let's move on to the episode from February 25th, where he did... And this is something he's got a little bit of a theme... Uh, world's worst lawyer, world's worst, in this case, therapist. <laughs> this one had to do with the thought that uh, when you are seeing a therapist, 
the possibility exists that you will become uh, sexually or even uh, romantically attracted to them just because of all the, I guess, psychological things of you pouring out your brain into them and then helping you with it. Brain stuff, we'll just call that. So uh, he was talking to a guy and uh, brought up the fact that this might happen. And when, obviously, it wasn't happening, because, well, I suppose the guy was heterosexual, <laughs> he was getting, uh, I don't know, I guess a little upset and then trying to make it happen by, well, start off subtle, just eating a banana, <laughs> suggestively, then bending over, picking up his pen, uh-huh. And then lastly, of course, full-flight gimp outfits, leather, assless chaps, uh, mesh shirt, the whole nine, as I believe they would say. <laughs> Another example of a sort of different monologue that's not, well, let's see what's in the news today. He spoke of uh, motorcyclists and how there's, there's almost no happy medium between the cool sort of biker guy type and the nerdy, uh, geeky type. Which, yeah, I suppose uh, that makes a sort of sense. This one, I think out of all the episodes I've brought back, uh, had my favorite interview in which he spoke with a Ronda Rousey, who is a UFC champ. She, I, I guess, you know what, that, that makes me curious of one thing. Uh, she, she is the, the woman's UFC champ. So does that mean, and my curiosity is, do the men and the women ever fight one another? Very, very curious. And that, I don't watch UFC. I have no sort of desire to watch UFC. But uh, if a man and a woman were fighting one another, uh, it'd be something I'd want to see at least once because it's very, very strange to even picture that. Yeah, this was my favorite interview, I think, because Pete, <laughs> Pete very just sort of, I don't want to say wimpy per se, but when compared to this Ronda Rousey, yeah, I, I think you could say that with a, with a fair... And, and free, freely admits that she would kill him. <sighs> There's some good uh, good flirting going on, which Pete tends to do and be awkward and yet strangely seemingly good at uh, is flirting with girls he interviews. Uh, I've seen a couple of examples of it now. They always seem to be in sort of sports-related things, fields, which is interesting. And this girl was uh, was quite pretty, so I understand. <laughs> one of his uh, one of the things he said to her, which I think was my favorite, is like she is like a butterfly with a switchblade, <laughs> meaning you know a beautiful butterfly, and then you've got a switchblade and it'll fucking kill you. So uh, I like that. This had another one of my favorite interviews. This might be my favorite episode, I think, actually, now that I'm reading this, from the ones that I've brought back, which I believe are four episodes. He spoke with his good buddy, his good pal, T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller, who, if, like me, you are addicted to podcasts, you will have heard him on podcasts, because he does the rounds quite frequently. Just super, super funny comedian in general. And one of those kind of crazy ones. And now I know why. This this interview kind of got serious, and yet was always jokes the whole way through. The seriousness came in the form that apparently uh, T.J. Miller 
not too, too long ago had brain surgery. Like, actual, factual, literal brain surgery. Which, um, that does not necessarily, uh, I suppose, make you crazy. But uh, he literally said that because of, I guess it was pressures on his brain, that he was literally, and I'm underlining literally, I don't, I uh, try not to use the word literally unless I actually mean it. Uh, he was literally going crazy. He was filming a movie. <laughs> this was the, the the even crazier part of the going of crazy. Uh, he was filming a movie, uh, Yogi Bear, like Yogi Bear 3 or something like that. And the bears are CG, obviously, because they're talking bears. So he had to talk to, like, uh, as they do with CG often, talk to, like, either tennis balls on sticks or sometimes just talk to thin air. And <laughs> he was, like, seeing things while doing this because he was going insane. Eventually it reached a point, though, where he started having seizures. So this is not, you know, this is not messing around, all fun and games going crazy. This is serious brain matters. And uh, it sounds like they did surgery, it was re relieved the pressure, and uh, seemingly he's no longer insane. He's still a little insane, T.G. Butler, which, uh, which I appreciate. Alright folks, so, uh, I was actually thinking I'd probably get this done on the way to work, but turns out I only got halfway done, so that was a incorrect assumption on my part, which means I will go into work, I will do eight hours of work, <sighs> and then I'll come back and uh, we'll talk about two more episodes, episodes that aired on February 26th, and you guessed it, February 27th, yay that, uh, I love this show, I hope it stays on for a long time, um, the end for now, tomorrow be dairies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. 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 We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Zero preamble, I've decided. Yeah. Episode starting on February 26th, where his monologue, Pete Holmes, that is was about the best monsters. He's not a big fan of the zombie, which uh, I suppose as far as actual scares, yeah, I understand that. I think the reason that I and many people who like zombies like them for the reason that it's not the zombies themselves that are often the scary thing, it is the apocalypse that happens with the zombies that make your fellow human beings much, much more dangerous. He also points out that uh, the mummy is basically just an Egyptian zombie. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> His uh, best, and best for the reason that it's the scariest, monster is the alien. And he's not going alien as in, you know, Sigourney Weaver, just aliens in general, uh, because they apparently according to Beat Holmes, can be real. Ah, I agree, sure, that aliens can be real, but the whole traveling between stars, that's where I'm going to have a little more difficulty believing, just because of things like, I don't know, physics? 
speeds of light and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. In this episode, he spoke a little bit with new material Seinfeld. I like new material Seinfeld. And let me explain why. One is because, well, it's a puppet who's a puppet of Jerry Seinfeld, who's giving new material as if he was Seinfeld giving new material. And two, because he is a puppet and is somewhat newly made, he's going to be made out of new material. So he's new material, new material. Seinfeld is how I'm looking at it, which is doubly amusing, presumably. For me, it is. For me. (laughs) His material this time was... Um, about hardwood floors. <laughs> Why don't we just call them wood floors? Have you ever walked on a floor made of wood that was so soft that you slipped through the floor and ended up in the basement? <laughs> no. Let's call them wood floors. We could do the hard math. That was the gist of his new material. Mm. He also had a little bit about typewriters. Very topical. Mm-hmm. And uh, a bit about uh, bars, as in drinking bars, behind bars, all the various things involving bars. I recommend, for new material Seinfeld alone, you check that out. Lovely. His guest, Pete Holmes's, that he went to visit this time was Kyrie Irving, who is a basketball player. Very sports-themed, aren't we? Yeah, wait a second. Basketball? What was the last one? UFC, girl? And then a skier. Yeah, hey, wait a second. Just realized. What's the next one? Okay, the next one is not sports themed. But for some reason, the first three were all sports personalities. This one, a basketball player. Which brings up an interesting point, I think. Uh, If I was Pete Holmes, I would be nervous interviewing sports people because I think the odds are... like, Like, say, if you had a choice between interviewing a comedian and a basketball player. I think it's safe to assume, and we should never assume because you're a fucking asshole, that the interview with the comedian is going to be funnier and therefore better than it will be with the basketball player. Is, is that a safe assumption? However, all three of these interviews with sports people, not only funny because Pete Holmes were fun, was funny, but funny because the athletes themselves had uh, has some good jokes and lines. Uh, I think this guy in particular, actually, seems like they knew each other a little bit, which I think may have helped. Two of my favorite things from this is that uh, Kyrie Irving likes to mix it up as far as sleeping positions. And how does that come up in an interview? I have no idea. So, like, sometimes on his back, on his side, arm up, arm down. I think most people are not like that. Most people pick a pick a position and stick with it sort of thing. So that's weird. Another thing that was weird was when he did his Bane impression, and if you know anything about Pete Holmes, I hope what you do know is he does the best, not necessarily the most accurate, but the best uh, Christian Bale Batman impression. So uh, they did a little little back and forth with that to my great delight. Oh, and then uh, further sportsening in this episode... He met up with the Shibutanis, who are a uh, skating, ice skating, figure skating duo, brother and sister, which uh, (laughs) it was funny that Pete Holmes mentioned a couple of times the weirdness of some of the positions that figure skaters get into, and when they are brother and sister, the weirdness of these positions is personified, and uh, his 
perhaps Pete's frequently mentioning this fact may be the reason that this interview was uh, shorter <laughs> than some of the other ones. It kind of seemed like, as well, to be 100% honest with you, that uh, this pair perhaps had not seen the show before and wasn't really digging the sense of humor, per se. But, uh, you know, different strokes for different folks. Okay, so, episode next was February 27th. How about that? Previously, 26th. Previous before that, 25th. Previously before that, 24th. It's almost like they're going in order. In fact, that is what it is like. This one started out with the worst lawyer. Uh, it was titled This Side of the Glass because apparently, and I don't know, and Pete points this out in his lawyer character in this skit, that uh, maybe it's not such a bad thing that your lawyer was recently in prison. In fact, the same prison that you are now in because he's going to know some of the ins and outs of the prison where it's going to go awry is when he sees someone behind the uh, the glass there that he has a beef with <laughs> and sort of uh, lets him have it a little bit verbally because there's glass between them, then this person's anger is going to be devoted primarily at the targets of the lawyer's client. That's behind bars, if you see what I'm saying. Which you may not, because I have a feeling I said that not intelligently whatsoever. See, did a little uh, wash my damn towels, part three. I'm, I'm not even going to explain that. How about that for an idea? Uh, the guest this time was Jenny Slate. Uh, love me some Jenny Slate, it turns out. Uh, I've seen her now on this and on uh, Getting Dug with High and Parks and Rec. So far, everything I have seen her in, I have enjoyed her. So... This just furthered that enjoyment. Very, very funny. <laughs> they were doing sort of like a, a Pete Holmes and Jenny Slate sleepover theme interview for some reason. Apparently the uh, sleeping shorts <laughs> that she had on were short shorts. So uh, she had sort of piled pillows up around herself. Adorably, I think I might say. And did. <laughs> she spoke of and uh, I think the missus would appreciate this. She spoke of uh, how if you are scared and you fart, your fart is much higher pitched. And it's kind of called the uh, the, the high-pitched scared fart, if you will. The missus uh, enjoys a good fart joke. Or fart observations, as I suppose that would be. Jenny Slate apparently lived in a haunted house for a time. That wasn't a joke. That was just a sort of statement of fact. And to round out the interview... They made shampoo. They made shampoo. Uh, I don't know how much I can trust this, because, again, these are comedians, and sometimes things comedians say are exaggerated or potentially even made up for the purposes of comedy. So, from the sounds of it, Pete Holmes makes his own shampoo. The only reason I would potentially actually believe that is that he's mentioned it a couple of times and he says it very seriously and then there's this whole thing where he actually showed how he makes his own shampoo so that's sort of further evidence that it may not be um, bullshit still though because this is Pete Holmes the potential exists that it's all made up and he doesn't actually make his own shampoo which uh, I like that I, I like the fact that I don't know and it could go either way it pleases me 
Ah, what pleases me as well is that... But that's the end of this episode. Well, it doesn't please me. It pleases me that it's done, sure, but I had fun doing it. So a part of me wishes it would go on. Oh, that is adorable. Before we do finally wrap it up, I should say something, though, that I like to say at the end of every show, which is, it is nice to be nice to the knives. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper